Capital of the world. Thompson tries to answer and does. Clay Thompson with back to back threes. It's the TC Martin Show. Three. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins, a three-pointer. Puts it in. A 50-point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The Dr. T.C. Martin launches. The Warriors are NBA champions again. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. Here's the man. T.C. Martin. Doctor is now in. A fabulous Friday here at the world-famous Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Streaming live, of course, tcmartinshow.com, wherever you may be. Glad to have you with us as we get ready for a huge Las Vegas sports weekend again. Seems like we're saying that just about every weekend. Vegas Golden Knights in action tonight. Stanley Cup Playoffs. This is the Western Conference Finals. Game one of the Fortress tonight. Early start, 5.30 at T-Mobile Arena. The Dallas Stars in town against the Vegas Golden Knights. That will be exciting. We'll break that down. NBA playoffs, game number two. The Boston Celtics hosting the Miami Heat. We will talk about that today. And, of course, talk about last night's Western Conference final between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Nuggets with a 2-0 lead in that series. Game three coming your way tomorrow as they now shift sites. And that series shifts to Los Angeles. we got that going on today. And, of course, it is fight weekend here in Las Vegas. People rolling into town for one of the biggest fights in quite some time. And that features Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. Lomachenko just three years ago was considered the pound-for-pound king. Lost to Teofimo Lopez. Got a couple victories since then. MGM Grand Garden Arena tomorrow night, and we look forward to that. We will break that down with our good friend Al Bernstein from Showtime Championship Boxing. He will join us today. Uh, from the sportsbook side, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of race and sports here at the Superbook. And, of course, uh, John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook here. He joins us today. And, of course, my tag team partner every Monday and Friday, as I like to say, the bookend Marco D'Angelo in the house. And with Marco, we are going to talk about all of the above, including Marco, the Preakness, horse racing's second jewel of the Triple Crown. And we're always excited about that, you know, the Preakness, because we have an opportunity, maybe a small chance for a Triple Crown winner, but it's still alive because the winner of the Kentucky Derby is running in the Preakness, and uh, that is Mage. So a lot on the table here today at the Superbook. Absolutely, TC, and you look at uh, the Kentucky Derby winner in this race. He is the only horse that's racing back from the Kentucky Derby. The only one. And it's something that, you know, everybody that's a traditionalist, they don't want to see it happen, but it has to change. They're coming back in two weeks. Too many owners, if they didn't win the Derby, they're skipping the Preakness um, to just, you know, because they don't want to run their horse back in two, you know, in two weeks. And what it's done for racing is you get a soft field for the Preakness, which increases the opportunity for the chance for a Triple Crown, which makes it better when we talk about it in three weeks when we have the Belmont, because unfortunately for the Belmont, it's the third leg of the Triple Crown. But if there's not 
uh, you know, triple crown on the line, it doesn't have the same. More times than not, that race is meaningless from that standpoint. All right, so we will touch upon that in uh, hour number two. But let's uh, first uh, talk about it tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, game one, 5.30, an early uh, face-off tonight. So if you're here in Vegas and you're traveling to that game, uh, I take note of that. <laughs> be, oh. be careful. It, it could be a traffic nightmare. And I got to admit, Mark, you and I have talked about this before. I think we both feel the same way. Sometimes that deters us from going to, to some of these games, you know, with the traffic and the construction that's that's going on. But uh, I, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a late arriving crowd, you know, tonight because of the early start and everything else, and plus being a Friday as well. But no matter what, uh, looking forward to it uh, tonight, and especially, you know, when you have the standalone games now. You have this in hockey where, you know, with the television networks, you're basically only getting one game a night. So, you know, some of those uh, games that we had during the first two rounds, if the Knights were playing a later game, sometimes we wouldn't get a start time closer to 8 o'clock or even after, you know, waiting for another game to conclude, especially if it goes overtime. Well, now, and the NBA is the exact same thing where we have one game a night, alternating days. So uh, that's great for TV viewing. It's great for the sports books because when you have a standalone game like that, uh, it just increases the action. We'll talk about those elements with Jay Cornegay and John Murray when they visit us uh, here today at the Sportsbook. But tonight, Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. What do you think about this matchup? Well, you know I'm a big uh, Knights fan. This is going to be a totally different series. Does this mean what- I got a bunch of wees coming? Do we got a bunch of wees coming in this segment? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're part of the team. It's us, you know. We got look at I've it. already I, listen, I I've I anointed you. I, I got out the the <laughs> what what do they call it? The the thing where you you know you you knight somebody. Okay. Yeah, you know, as a as a member of the media. Yeah. Okay? Okay, you you can't say we because you're in the media now. Okay. All you're right. a big boy, you've grown up. This Las Vegas Knights <laughs> Golden Knights. Las Vegas Knights. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you're Vegas like, Golden tell, me, tell me, go back to being a fan. Okay. I, I prefer that. <laughs> The storyline, obviously, is you've got Bruce Cassidy, who was fired last year from Boston, had a very good record at Boston, got fired. You've got the Dallas Stars coach, who's Pete DeBoer. Oh, that name sounds familiar. Well, yeah, because he was our coach who replaced our original coach, uh, you know, Gallant, and a lot of people thought that was the start of that little slide that we had, uh, he got axed last year at the end of the year when they didn't make the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, and here they are. Two former coaches meeting up, one of them facing his old team, which I always like that as an edge. I do it yeah. baseball all the time. I love a pitcher the first time he faces his old team. I like to call that, you know, bite the hand that fed you. You know, you're going to get pumped up for somebody that said, you know what, you're not good enough anymore. We're, we're moving on. So that's going to be a unique uh, element to this series. But the last series was wide open, TC. It was up and down the ice with the Edmonton Oilers, and you had all of that offense. You're going to see old-style hockey tonight. These two teams like to play close to the vest. Uh, you're not going to see high-scoring games. And that's the style that the Knights played all year long, except in the last series they had to adapt to Edmonton. So it's it's going to be back to our comfort zone and our we, the Vegas Knights. We and ours yeah, in this segment. Yeah. Look, look there at you this. go. That's it. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That is the big storyline when you talk about this series and, and the two coaches and Bruce Cassidy and Peter DeBoer. 
cannot remember that we had two fired coaches from the season before that are facing off against each other in a conference final, and one of those coaches is going against his former team. Yeah. I, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't know if it has, but what a unique uh, storyline. And, of course, both coaches are downplaying this. Mm-hmm. I think deep down inside, I mean, Peter DeBoer, obviously. Oh, I mean, he, he wants this badly because he didn't believe that he should have been fired. But, you know, when you go back when Gerard Gallant was the head coach of this, uh, you know, team for, you know, the first, what, three seasons plus, and then you know, DeBoer comes in from San Jose, the quote-unquote arch nemesis, and I say air quotes around that because mm-hmm. – you know, when you well, a franchise at that point in time had only been around three, four years, right. you know, there's really not much history, but, you know, fans really wanted to make that a rivalry between the Knights and uh, the Sharks. And like you said, you know, the last couple of weeks, hey, we think that the new rivalry could probably be Edmonton and the Golden Knights. But anyway, DeBoer comes over from San Jose. I don't think fans fully embraced him. But how can you not embrace the coach when you know he leads you into the playoffs? But like you said, last year it was very, very disappointing. Granted, there were plenty of excuse for the Golden Knights. They had lost, you know, more games to injury as far as manpower goes. Uh, I guess you know, man games. I think that was a term we were using last year at this time. So there were excuses for that. But Bill Foley and Kelly McCrimmon and you know they 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 were not uh, very very cool with I shouldn't say Bill Full, I don't want to speak for him, but see the other, you know, Kelly McCrimmon and company, uh, George McPhee, they were not happy with not making the playoffs for the first time in uh, franchise history. We're in year number six right now. The Golden Knights have made the playoffs in five of the six seasons. They're in the Western Conference Final for the fourth time in six seasons. So very, very impressive. Uh, and then you could also make the argument that Bruce Cassidy did not deserve to lose his job. And what happens there? Well, Boston ends up with the best record in the NHL during the regular season, but then they have the first-round exit <laughs> to the eighth-seed Florida Panthers. So Cassidy's getting the last laugh. And I think, you know, Peter DeBoer right now, this is a statement game, you know, for him. And remember, he's got a couple guys that played for him in San Jose, Joe Pavelski and, and, and a couple others as well, too. So, you know, there is this kind of rivalry from DeBoer, Pavelski, and a couple other guys here. So... I think there's going to be a great series. Looking forward to it. Honestly, Marco, it, for me, it. I think hockey is very hard to handicap, especially these series. So I'm not going on much of a limb here to, to try to predict this. I'm not sure what's going to happen, including in game one. Yeah, well, the Golden Knights have been underdogs. You know, they were underdog in the last series playing at home. They were small favorite in the first series. And this was the number one the number one seed. They are, you know, favorite tonight and a favorite in the series. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on. The other the other point with DeBoer that I think, you know, helped in getting rid of him is when he left, there wasn't that big uproar. Oh my, you know, you, you fired DeBoer like a lot of people did when they fired Gallant. Sure. Because, you know, it was new to this town. That was like our team and everything. And I think what, whether it's true or not, it is the perception that DeBoer coming in is what got eventually Marc Andre Fleury out of town. It, he wanted it, you know. He went out and got, you know, Leonard. He wanted him. We know how that's turned out, you know, with the injuries and everything. So I don't think a lot of tears were shed when he left. And I think he that adds to the fuel to his fire. Like, you know, no respect. You know, all I did is, you know, get you guys to the playoffs except last year. But let's 
we said it numerous times. There was just as many injuries this year. Yes, he had longer stays last year with key guys, but what would that team have done last year with all the injuries we had this year to the goalies? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the part that you know Bruce Cassidy never once blamed losses on injuries, you know, and I think the team you know, you feed off your coach, you know, what he's telling you, and they bought into a system. It's going to be fun. Concerns for the Golden Knights, I feel that you know, the power play has always been an issue, not just this postseason, this regular season, past postseasons. That has really been their demise, right. I think, mm-hmm. you know, in, in years past. The Golden Knights are four for 24 on the power play, and Numbers three and four came in their last game where they were two for seven, yeah. uh, seven penalties, uh, you know, by Edmonton. So think about that going into that last game. I mean, they, they were two for, but 17 or so. I mean, it's crazy. So four for 24. And contrast there, Edmonton was nine for 22 uh, in on the power play. And again, most of those goals came in the, the first three, four games of that series. So I think that has got to be a concern here. Also, the Knights were outshot, and sometimes you can put some credence into that stat. Other times, don't pay much attention to it. But they were outshot by Edmonton in four of those six games. Either one of those stats concern you? Edmonton's a totally different beast. That's that's the difference. They're going to get their shots. They play wide open. And even though... We only had four power play goals. That's more than we usually get. We're, you know, it's been a you know dry. But you had twenty four attempts. And like that's, you said, that's a high number. It's been that way f- the in whole a, existence in a, in a six game series. Yeah. Uh, I think that too much emphasis had to be put on stopping the opposing power play in yeah. the last series. Uh, I don't think the power play is going to be as big of a factor as it was in the last series. But I think where it'll be a bigger factor in the last series, they had to stop the power play. In this one, the focus is they got to score on ours because just look at the the line for the games. We saw the over under in several of those Edmonton games were six and a halfs, and then throughout the day would find its way to seven. You could either lay seven plus money or six and a half minus 130, 135, whichever way you you wanted to do it. You're going to see five and a halfs and sixes in this series tops with the over-unders, which, you know, tells you that's old style hockey. It's a, it's a race to three. Right. Golden Knights were outshot 40 to 22 in that series against uh, Edmonton as well. So like I said, concerns there, concerns with the power play. And then how much stock do you put into what took place with these two teams during the regular season. We've talked a lot, you know, with the NBA, you throw that out because NBA has so much load management and players are missing games and they don't take the regular season that seriously. Hockey's a little bit different. You know, they're playing the same amount of games, they're playing 82 games, but you don't have those games where players are taking numerous nights off and unless you got some, you know, elongated injury. The Dallas Stars were 3-0 against the Vegas Golden Knights during the course of the regular season. They played on January 16th, and uh, the Stars won that game going away. Four nothing. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, blew them out. Logan Thompson was in goal uh, in that game. And understand Mark Stone didn't play in that game, and they had, they had some injuries, granted. Then they played less than a month later, and they lost 3-2 to two in, a, in shootout fashion here at T-Mobile. Bruce Watt was 
between the pipes in that one. And then they lost another one back in Dallas, 2-1 to one in shootout fashion. So two of the three were close games. But the bottom line is the Golden Knights have not beaten the Dallas Stars one time this year. Psychologically, that does play into it a little bit. The Golden Knights have some veterans on their team, but they still have quite a few young youngsters. Dallas is the more veteran-laden team. I mean, you got what what three, four guys that are thirty plus, you know, on this team, and you can make the argument that Dallas is really built uh, in the postseason. They're they're built for for a nice run. And I'll throw this too: whether you want to, um, you know, talk uh, that it means anything or not, these two teams did face each other in 2020 in that bubble season where they played in Edmonton and the Stars beat the Golden Knights um, in this round four games to one. Beat them in five games. So if you go back over the years, there's been some Dallas Star dominance over the Vegas Golden Knights. There has because Dallas is one of those teams that you know plays similar to what we played this year. If you go back to the other teams you know, when DeBoer was here, that's not the style of play that the Knights had. I think the Knights will be okay in this one. My only concern, and he was absolutely marvelous. We talked about Aiden Hill after the first two goals that he gave up in that last game. I mean, it was 2 nothing before you blinked your eye, and then nothing. I mean, he, he stood on his head the rest of that game. Is Can he do that for an entire series? And you look at the Dallas goaltender, goaltender Ottinger, he has been either absolutely fantastic or he's been bad. He's never been this up and down. He is a type of goalie that can steal a series. If he gets hot, he could steal a series uh, from the Golden Knights. But the one thing that we have right now, and you've got to admit that, with a healthy Mark Stone, uh, you know, with Jack Eichel and the way Marshy's playing right now, we have such a good offensive team. This is the most potent this team has been full strength in any of those three previous games that they played during the season. We had talked about the matchup with the Oilers in the last series where beware of the Oilers, such a high-octane offensive, you know, speed-skating type of, of team, number one in goals, number one in power play. Well, the Stars aren't too far behind Edmonton in those same categories. They're seventh in goals, averaging uh, 3.43, you know, and um, in the power play. You know, they're number five in the NHL in that. But I think where the biggest difference, you know, when trying to handicap this series is, we knew that Edmonton really wasn't much defensively. I was not a big fan of Skinner. And you talk about Ottinger and, you know, he could be hit or miss hot and cold. Well, that's exactly what I thought about Skinner. And, I mean, he was so bad that he was replaced. Three times. Exactly, three times. So Dallas defensively is one of the top defensive teams in the NHL. And, you know, more so, you know, compared to the Golden Knights, whether the Golden Knights are middle of the pack mm-hmm. or maybe even even in the last third when you look at defensive categories. But, uh, you know, defensively, I mean, goals allowed uh, just a little bit over two per game for the Stars ranks them third in the NHL. And uh, same thing with shots on gold allowed. They're, they're in the top 10 there. Penalty kill. Fantastic. They're top three in the NHL. So. Uh, and this is a, you know, a, another team that uh, is going to be very smart 
and not going to be probably in the box too much as well, too. So I think from a defensive standpoint, I think it's totally opposite from what we saw against the Oilers. You may not see these, you know, 6-4 games, 5-3 games, 4-3. You're probably not yeah. going to see that. You know, Dallas wins games 3-2. to two. Yeah. They win games in shootouts. Yeah, or, well, not, not in the postseason, but during the course of the regular season. But some overtime games, and, and we saw that in their last series against uh, Seattle. So I can't see blowouts of any fashion by either team. I think you're going to see some unders. I think you're going to see some physical hockey. Uh, you're going to see two teams that really don't care for each other. Uh, they know each other very, very well. And, uh, you know, two veteran-laden teams, especially on the Dallas side. Absolutely. And, you know, what we we talk about the Knights, and the Knights have kind of gotten disrespected, in my opinion, because they were the best in the West all year. And, you know, in both series, the one they were priced low, and the other one they actually were an underdog, and you're the number one seed. This is a team that took care of business in five games in the first round and then six games in the second round. And Dallas was extended the full seven games against Seattle. Right. And yet it's the, it's the Knights that still are the one that, you know, need to get the respect. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's curious to see um, where the liability is on this series now that they got past Edmonton. If more people came in, you know, and, and got some money down on uh, VGK, but we'll see what happens tonight. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun series. I'm not in action on the game tonight. I am going to be a typical fan tonight. I will say if you, you know, if I had to make the play game one and the fact that Dallas went seven games, I would lean to Vegas, but I'm just going to enjoy it as a fan. So the Golden Knights haven't played in nearly a week, right? And when you look at the the Dallas Stars, they went seven games, but that that game was Monday night. Yeah. So they've had plenty of rest. So yeah. you're, you're talking four full days uh, of rest, and you had a travel day in there as well two days ago. So uh, they should be ready to go, well-rested. Not a difficult flight at all right. from Dallas you know, to, to Vegas, a little bit over three hours. So you're, I, I don't know if that's going to uh, play a factor you know, at all, but you know, they had some they had some wars, you know, with the Kraken. I mean, you know, they had some close games, uh, especially that last one where they had to win at home in that do-or-die game seven. It was a low-scoring game, two to one. So it's hard for me to call. I would, you know, I, I see a little bit of value with Dallas. The line uh, currently is right around 120, 121, mm -hmm. where it opened at 130. Mm -hmm. So that means Dallas money's coming in. But when we have Jay Cornegay on here in a few moments, we will ask him, where where the money is is showing here, but when you say liability, Marco, we already know the answer. The liability is on the Golden Knights side, and you know the further along that the Golden Knights get towards the Stanley Cup, <laughs> you know that's that's a nervous time for the books because as we know, the casual fan, uh, you know the the minimal better, you know they're all in on the Golden Knights and have been and got some pretty decent prices for future tickets on them winning it all. But from what I understand, there's been some pretty good sharp money coming in over the last few weeks on the Golden Knights still. How can you not? This is a team that's played so well in, you know, I mean, they were in that battle down the final month of the regular season. They had to virtually almost win every game down the stretch yeah. just to hold off Edmonton because Edmonton wouldn't lose. Um, so did that make them battle-tested? 
it's like they had playoff games for the final two weeks of the season. Uh, yeah, it's definitely helped them. I just hope, and it's it's probably better that they are facing Dallas because that's going to keep their attention rather if they faced Seattle. But everybody was building up the Edmonton Knights series as we like, and we do it. Yep. Is talk show guys? Oh, that's the Western Conference Finals right there. Yeah. You know, you're, you're already advancing the winner of that one. And too often, if you read your press clippings, and you, you know, I always use the, you know, the phrase "fat and sassy." You know, it's this is a step down in class from from Edmonton. Yeah. But because it's DeBoer on the other side over yeah, there, yeah. that's going to keep the focus for sure. You describe yourself in one of those, one of the two of those words. <laughs> uh, let you pick which one. Oh <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> TC finally gets one in. Yeah, maybe two for two. Now that I think about it, maybe, maybe both of those words fit for you guys. Well, speaking of fat and sassy, congratulations to you, my friend. Oh. I mean, saw your announcement yesterday uh, on social media on the Hall of Fame uh, inductee, and uh, congrats. I appreciate that. I'm uh, glad we're in an open area and there's a lot of oxygen pumped into the casinos because uh, your your head, you know, uh, it's going to get a little bigger uh, now that you know, Mr. Hall of Famer. Uh, I had to say, you know, the doctor, uh, Mr. TC Martin, uh, you know, when I well, came in today. Remember, I think it just has more to do with longevity than anything else. <laughs> But uh, no, I appreciate that, and appreciate everyone for the well wishes and, and thank yous. And yeah, it's uh, you know something that uh, is you know clo- close to my heart. You know, being in this industry a long time, and and like I said yesterday, uh, you know, I couldn't have done it by myself. I mean, I've had some some great you know producers, engineers, board ops, guests, you know, like like yourself. And I, I brought this up to Scott Spritzer yesterday, and Scott even said, he goes, well, yeah, he goes, you know, I, you know, Marco and I should get a piece of that you know, induction. It's, it's funny how he brought, he brought you up, you know, but but uh, no, I mean, a lot of great program directors, general managers, and just, you know, yeah, it, it's nice to be recognized, you know, right. a, 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 as you know, you know, it's like when you, you know, have a great season in handicapping or whatever, I mean, you know, with your clients, you appreciate that pat on the back, you know, and uh, so that's all. But uh, no, like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with, again, just longevity, and I pre- I'm very appreciative. And uh, yeah, thank you very much uh, for everyone for and that, and especially the listeners, because in our business, it's all about the listeners, you know. And, and when you talk about, I, long- I, I'm so thankful to to the listeners for longevity. all these years. This is your second Hall of Fame. This is not your first. <laughs> I mean, we talk about coaches that get championships with two different, you know, teams or cities. You've you've done the same, yeah. Mr. Oh. Sacramento. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But Marco, yeah. as my line yesterday from Jules, uh, this is the first one he didn't create. Yeah. <laughs> I created one and got elected into the other. How's that? That's nice. Very nice. All right. So, NBA, real quick. Last night, the Nuggets go up 2-0. Um, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back here. You can do that if you want, Marco, or, or Nubchuck. But I said from the beginning that people that are on the Lakers – Beware of this. And there were so many people that were pimping the Lakers out saying it's going to Lakers in six or seven, that sort of thing. And I'm going, listen, I'm not going to go against the Denver Nuggets, the number one seed, but specifically when they are at home. Mm-hmm. This team has been phenomenal. They're undefeated on their home floor. And they showed it again last night. And 
I was thinking to myself because I didn't, you know, have you on the show since Monday, and you were such a big proponent of the zigzag or the bounce back theory. And I'm going, I hope Marcos isn't zigzagging this because I like the Nuggets in game number two, and I thought they're not going to lose at home. And how can I bet against the Denver Nuggets on their home floor when they are now eight and zero at home in the playoffs, forty two and seven? This entire season, including the regular season and the postseason. And Jokic, that game one, which he came off of that 34-point, 21-rebound, 14-assist performance. Insane. What's he do? He was quiet in the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray showed up big time. But still, look at what Jokic did numbers-wise in the game last night. He was phenomenal. 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists. I mean, the guy is just a machine. There is no answer for stopping him and I understand the Lakers are undefeated at home in the playoffs but this Denver team's a different beast and now you're getting Denver you know looking ahead they're getting you know five and a half as of now maybe even more six because people are going to bind the well the Lakers are going to bounce back theory the Lakers aren't as good as the Denver Nuggets they're not and what Joke doesn't get enough credit for is the way he dishes the ball I mean, 12 assists. When he's getting double-digit assists, they're unbeatable because you can't stop him. And when he's dishing the ball like that, you know, generally it's because they're collapsing on him and somebody's getting a very easy, you know, basket, good look at the shot. Uh, I like him, but I was on the under last night. I didn't get involved in the game. And the reason I didn't get involved in the game, TC, remember that stat I, I told you about? Second game of the playoffs. Blindly, home team, right? There Second, it is. You know, yeah. and that's going to be in play tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Boston, man, all the money coming on Boston up to nine and a half now. I think yeah. opened at eight two days ago, yeah. and now we're at nine and a half against the Miami Heat. But again, like you heard me say, Miami has the best coach in these playoffs, Eric Spolstra against Joe Mazzulla. It's not even close. And uh, I was very happy to take you know Miami. Plus the eight and a half the other night, First and the fourteen and a half on the <laughs> teaser, <laughs> but uh, didn't need it. But this team just comes to play like Denver. Like I've said before, they're not of the mindset. Michael Malone, the coach of Denver, and Eric Spolstra, and your stars like Jimmy Butler for Miami, saying we're not here to get a split. Okay, mm-hmm. we want to win both games, and I love it when Jimmy Butler said the other night after the game, straight face, they go, we want to win four. In as few games as possible. You love to hear that. Michael Malone was saying the exact same thing before this series started. It's like, forget this split. Now he's talking about, now let's go win game three in L.A., which they can. Sure, the Lakers will put up a fight. Could and may win that game number three. But I'm not going against the Denver Nuggets. And I was not about to go against the Denver Nuggets. uh, You know, on their home floor in those first two games. And as far as Miami and Boston go... Boston's lost four or six games on their home floor. Think about that. Number two seed team that's been here in the in the in the in the finals last year. They've lost four of their six, and they've been non-competitive in a couple of those games. Ah, keep giving me Miami, even though I'll probably take Boston tonight. Tease it down, no. money line, something no. like that, because this is their game back against the, the wall. In the, the half, in, in the half, it's the season. It's their talent, but don't count Miami out. No, but the thing with Boston, they have been the most Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde team in the playoffs. They have been world beaters in, in several games. In other games, you just scratch your head. And even the other night, 
Miami was never in doubt to cover the spread. But my Boston beat them three of the four quarters. But the one quarter they didn't was an absolute stink of a quarter. I mean, the third quarter, they did absolutely nothing. Got outscored by 21. That was and, the you and know, you, obviously and you the gave difference. Up 46 game. points. Yeah. 46 points in a quarter. That's not. <laughs> there's where if you want to zig and zag tonight. Yeah. Um, I used the under last night. I would lean to the under tonight, but I think I would get more involved on team totals because I think what they're going to come to bring. Miami shot 54%. For the game, right? Fifty-one percent from three-point range last game. That is not going to happen tonight. That's where the X's and O's have to be changed for Boston. So maybe look at some stuff for you know team totals with Miami under tonight. Because if Boston wins this game, it's not going to be in a shootout. Miami had six double-digit scores in that game. So it was more than just Jim, Jimmy Butler's 35 points. Yeah. Adebayo with 20. Vincent with 16. Struess with 15. Martin with 15. Lowry had 15. He looked fantastic as well. And the same thing with Denver. Denver had six double-digit scores in game one, five double-digit scores in game number two. Th- these teams are more than just their superstar. They've got some great role players that are unsung guys. And I know when Tyler Hero got injured in the in the first round series for Miami, a lot of people were writing Miami off. They're writing him off as a number eight seed. But you got Jimmy Butler, you got Eric Spolster, and you've got these quality role players. Man, and, and Boston's no bargain. I mean, Jason Tatum was downright awful. Yep. Awful in the fourth quarter. Turned the ball over three times. Three of the last four possessions, he turned it over. I expect Boston to show up. But like I've said before, Marco, I don't like this team. I don't like what they run offensively. Uh, They're so three-point based. If they're hitting their shots, they can blow you out. But if they're not, they're not going to do it. And remember, they were life and death to win game six against Philadelphia. And up until the final four minutes, they were losing that game and we were about ready to eliminate them. And Philly fell apart. And then they got the game seven victory, you know, back at home where they got hot for a while. But, you know, same thing in, in game uh, one. They jumped out to a, you know, nine point half, uh, a nine-point to halftime lead, led by as many as 13. Here comes that third quarter, and Miami won basically the third and the fourth quarter. So I don't trust Boston, especially at home. But tonight I'm with you. I, I think if they're going to show up, they're going to show up. And we've seen Boston with blowout victories. Tonight's got to be the night you would think for that, but... I'm not interested in laying the nine and a half. Last night's game was one of the rare games in the playoffs where the team lost but covered the spread. Right. It's been whoever wins, whether they're the dog or the favorite, they've covered the spread in most of these instances. That was one of the rare occasions that the spread came into play. Yeah. Well, the spread came into play last night. The Denver game, well, both games in Denver. Yeah. Those, you know, depending on when you got it, right? Mm-hmm. Six point victory in game one, then a five point victory last night. And you're paying a premium tomorrow. If you want the Lakers down 0-2, yeah. you're, you're going to pay for it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll continue talking the lines. Jake Hornigay is going to join us, the vice president of race and sports here at the Westgate. Next hour, Al Bernstein joins us as we talk Lomachenko and Haney. John Murray will also join us. And plus, we'll talk some Preakness uh, with Marco coming up next hour as well. Glad to have everyone with us here on a fabulous Friday from the world-famous Superbook. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin.
It is a fabulous Friday inside the Westgate, inside the Superbook. Oh, a little Barry Manilow plays. Why? Because Barry's back. That's right. Barry Manilow back here. And guess who went and saw Barry Manilow last night, Marco? Uh, let me take a wild guess. You. No, actually, you know, I, I've seen Barry. I've seen Barry a couple d- different times. But uh, one of the members of our team said, you know, I'd really like to go see Barry. Can, uh, can you hook me up? And I said, well, you sure? He goes, absolutely. None other than Numchuck. Went to go see Barry Mantle last night. And Numchuck decided to take Aunt Nikki and Grandma Dolores. Now, I believe Grandma Dolores is in her 90s. Is that right, Numchuck? She, she would be. <laughs> and she is still talking about it today. <laughs> so give us the uh, the rundown. So you were here at the International Theater. Great theater, as great we know theater. here. Great theater. I love it. Did you, did you get up and shake it to Copacabana last night? I was up. I was not shaking it. You were, you were not. I was not shaking it. <laughs> oh, wow. So were you nervous at all? Because I know where your seats were. Were you nervous at all for like the grand finale when they bring down the staircase from the sky that it might land on top of you? No. So we were uh, like half a section over. That's that. right. Okay. So, That's right. Yeah. So we weren't in that staircase. Yeah. But how about zone. the staircase? Is that pretty cool? That's amazing. I saw it and I was like, I wonder what that is. <laughs> And I, like I was, I didn't think it was Barry. I thought it would it was for somebody else or something. Right. And all of a sudden, it drops down. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So, so Grandma Dolores, she she was totally uh, enthralled. Fine. Auntie yeah. Nikki, all good. Everybody loved it, it including me. I am not a fan of low, but. <laughs> I will say I enjoyed it. So this was your first concert in like three and a half years. Pre-pandemic, right? That yes. was your last concert? Pre-pandemic was my last concert. Did you ever think that your first concert back would be Manilow? <laughs> no. Not, never in a million years. I had Nub Chuck down for like, you know, hitting me up for Smashing Pumpkins or, yeah. or something like that. I, yeah. I would have done Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I would have done Smashing. Wait, you had Smashing Pumpkins tickets? Well, they're, they're coming up pretty soon. Uh, oh, well, hey. <laughs> <clears throat> I think Sprites are already hit me up for that. Oh, sure. That's okay. You guys can all go as a, gr- uh, a group, huh? You like that? I like it. Yeah, yeah I bet you would. Okay. Uh, see, I'm more cool in the gang, but I did see Barry. I did like Barry. saw Barry twice, actually, and uh, phenomenal. Puts on a, a, a great show. 77 years old, I believe. Yep. So. And still moves and still shakes it. And... and- in his words, he is still the sex cat or whatever he says. He says something to that Yeah, effect. yeah, 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 exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he self-professed, uh, yeah, yeah, sex cat. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Manilow. <laughs> is that his real hair numb, Chuck, you think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. The voice is still good, though. The it's voice still is still good, yes. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, my friend. I there do, you go. Sir. Barry Manilow. At uh, the Westgate, inside the International Theater, part of his residency here. He's been off for a little bit. So, yeah, good stuff. Packed uh, crowd, too. Packed crowd, yeah. No, it's, it is a great a great venue. There's no question. And, uh, you know, speaking of cool in the game, Mark, you'll be excited. I know that uh, my number one fan, you know, Miss Lori, cool in the game's coming back again. <laughs> they got their residency here uh, as well, too. So they're coming back here uh, next month. 
and then uh, coming back for more dates and even in the fall. So there you go. But when Marco went, Marco didn't shake it up. I mean, he said he did a little bit, but, you know, Marco got thrown out of his element early on right. because during the Cool in the Gang show, they, 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 they blast the jams before they even come on like you're in a nightclub. And I think it kind of shot Marco a little bit. And Marco got, got a little booty in his face pre-show. Yeah. Michael Jackson, don't stop to get it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I told her I had enough. The, the person was sitting next to me. I had enough. And she okay, said, baby, stop. it yeah. says don't stop yeah. till you get yeah. enough. <laughs> Marco <laughs> D'Angelo shaking it up her. There you go. You gotta oh. love that. Oh, I gotta love that. Thanks, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no problem, Marco. Come on, man. I mean, slowly but surely, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more soul in you. Now, Marco, I, I do have tickets if you'd like to go see the best Cirque du Soleil show in town. The MJ1 show is phenomenal. Now, and I know if you don't want to go, I know Miss Lori will go with oh, me. She she already said, yo. Sure, you, yeah. you already asked her for me. Yeah, she she wants them, so you you got to come through. Uh, no problem. But she gonna is she going to go with me, though? Are we, we going to leave you home? <laughs> <laughs> tell, you, tell you what, you know, it's right by the sports book, so maybe she could just, you know, you go hang out in the sports book. They got a, they got a poker room there, yeah. so I can, I can, I can play cards. There you okay. go. All right, but yes, uh, you can still catch Barry Manilow here inside the International Theater. I'm glad you had, you had a good time, Numchuck, uh, and and Aunt Nikki and Grandma Dolores last night for that. You know who has a good night, a good time every night though? Our good friend Jay Cornegay, who's been MIA for a while. He's been vacationing. I think it's a little bit early to go on vacation in the month of May. You know, because we got, you know, NBA playoffs, we got Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, everything's going on. And, and our guy Cornegay is, is gallivanting all over the world. You got to take the time this time of the year, you know, because it's, it's a long grind. You know, in our, in, in to, our to business, be- that time of the year is like, July or after the NBA Finals is June, July. Yeah. That's when we get our vacations, you know. But uh, you know that that Jam Master Jay Cornegay, he's he's everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of which, what's going on, my man? Oh, hey guys! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you were there. <laughs> what I miss? <laughs> What'd you miss, man? We, we, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about Barry Manilow. We're talking about uh, some great concerts. We're talking about uh, some sports, and we're talking about you being on vacation. Oh, nice! Nice, nice suntan there, by the way. Uh, did I get a little? I think so. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Edisto? Island in South Carolina. No, I'm familiar with um, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, and yeah, 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 and all those. Hit, right, right, well, right. Edisto is a well, they call it Edislo because mm. basically there's not too much on out there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a couple of little ma pa restaurants, mm. and our friends are that used to live here moved to Fort Mill, South Carolina, and they talked us into going to Edisto. It's like, okay, let's go. And uh, it was fine. It was just like there's not a lot to do, and that's the whole purpose of getting out there. Uh, but what I noticed in in this particular area was everything's fried. You know, they have great fresh, fresh seafood fried. I was like, why is that? He's like, well, one, the main reason is they can't get enough chefs out there on this little island. They're really sleepy, slow little restaurants, and it's a very cool vibe. I get it. But I'm not sure if we'll ever go back. <laughs> well, you could say you've been there now. You experienced people. it. Yeah, we did. All right, we were we were good friends. But uh, no, um, is there any sports uh, wagering in the state of South no. Carolina? Oh, see, I, I'm out. 
<laughs> I can't I can't roll into Edislow and uh, you know bet some games, get a ma- get an app. Can't North do that. Carolina, South Carolina, and uh, not at this time. Well, so get these guys with the program. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of our thoughts actually when they first said it. It's like, wait, that's South Carolina. Hmm, that's a no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's all good. We, we you know, but you know, Eastern Time Zone. We we watched uh, two of those uh, nights games. One started at eight thirty p.m. that time, yeah. and the other one started at ten yeah. p.m. Yeah. And that was, I believe, that was game five, and that was the four three game, which I had to give up my tickets to that one, and we stayed up until. Um, I guess it was about 1 o'clock. Did you make it all the way through? We did. Wow. And that was after we opened up our brand new bar restaurant, Superbook at uh, Bar and Restaurant at Camden Yards. Yeah. We had a ribbon cuttings uh, ceremony during the day. Uh, we had a function with uh, a lot of our new customers out there in Maryland. <laughs> and then we went to the game. Um, after the game, our hotel was about a block and a half away. It was about a quarter to ten mm-hmm. be- before puck drop, and my wife was like, oh, "Hey guys, it was crazy. We gotta go." And, and, <laughs> and we just went beeline to our hotel. We're like, we're, "There's no way we're gonna make it through this game." Yeah. But it was so intense. As soon as we started watching, you know, the the blood started flowing, yeah. and we watched the whole thing in standard definition. Uh, at, at our Marriott. It's, I was going to say, what kind of hotel did you have yeah. there? I know. It's yeah. a Marriott, and it's uh, Inner Harbor there. I'm not sure if you guys have been I, there. I know that area pretty well. Okay. Yeah. So, And I was going to say, when you're telling the story, I really like that area. I, I like Baltimore. I like uh, even the surrounding areas. I've, I've spent time in suburbs there. I like Camden Yard. So, mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and I love the harbor. So. Yeah, we didn't. Good times. I, I wish we would have gone down to the harbor because everybody says that yeah. we didn't have time. We went down. We went to a place called, I believe, Mister Bills. Mm-hmm. Totally different than our Mister Bills out here, yeah. uh, where you kind of smash and pick your crabs, right? Yeah. And uh, that was okay. Very, very messy. But I, I mean, I prefer our, like our restaurants where you just like twist it a little bit, and then you got a bratwurst of crab, you know, like, ah, rah. you know, picking this stuff out, you're like, oh, yeah. come on. It's too much work. Like, it was too much work. Yeah, I don't want that. I'll go out the, to dinner. Do you have the yeah. mallet, too? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's kind of, I, I go, isn't it what you're supposed to do on our first date or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get a little on your face. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, please, never mind on that. What do you think of Camden Yards? In the oh, area? awesome. You know, that did you was get a, some barbecue? That was our Blue first Palace? time. Well, we had our own restaurant, so we uh, were eating at our Superbook restaurant, yeah. which had great food, actually. Good. It, it took, it's in the place of Dempsey's. Yeah, okay. So we took over Dempsey's, yeah. okay. and it's a huge area, really. Uh, great food. Um, we, we just wait, we ate way too much. Uh, but next time I go there, because we do plan on going out there again, they're terrific partners, by the way. The or- Orioles are top-notch, grade-A people, and they're doing everything that they can to help us succeed in Maryland. I think I've got an, an, another summer trip planned now. There I, you go. I, I didn't know that. We yeah. got the, yeah, let me know. We got a super book out there. I, I will. I, yeah. I, I do like that area. No question. Jay, let's talk uh, about the NBA playoffs. I know we're have seen some unfamiliar high totals in, in these games that maybe we haven't seen in years in, in the playoffs. Uh, of course, high scoring game number one uh, in both series, the Miami-Boston series and the Lakers and, and Denver. Uh, how much have you guys adjusted you know, to 
make these numbers a little bit higher because of of what we've seen, you know, here in the postseason. Yeah, we never make knee jerk reaction move movements. Right. You know, we just it's you know it they're subtle adjustments. You know, we just move up based on what they normally would do, like the original number versus what we have seen uh, in the first game or first couple of games. And we'll adjust accordingly. There's not like a certain percentage. It's like, oh, let's just bump this up 20%. No, it's a little combination of what they have already done, their history, what they've done all season long, what they've done in the playoffs. You take all those numbers plus what you saw in game one and adjust accordingly. Um, so there's not really a set like, wow, we should just bump this up like, you know, 10% or, right. or anything like that. It's just a, you know, you calculate the numbers and it spits it out and that's what we go with. And, um, you know, sometimes they're over adjusted and sometimes they yeah. need to be adjusted even further, uh, you know, on the high side based off of, you know, what we see in the betting windows and what we yeah. see in the game. Marco, I know that you're, you're a totals guy and you've been, you know, cracking on some of these totals here. What have you noticed as far as these NBA playoffs, spe- specifically this round? Well, for me, like I said last night, that's typical game two. I'm looking to see where the adjustments are going to come from. And the first game was just, you know, up and down the court, both teams. I thought there was value in the under last night. And it was an under that basically we never had to sweat until they were trying to tie the game up, you know, late, you know, overtime was the only way I, you know, that I would have lost the under. Now, Jay, I did think that the line around town on Denver for the series I thought here it was that there was value on taking Denver. Yeah. I know a lot of the books, you know, you guys have talked about it, but you're not the only house in town that has liability to the Lakers. So I thought that the line was a little bit lower on Denver, maybe to help try to balance the books a little bit, uh, get some Denver money, and I was glad to take some of that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I was a little disappointed, actually, uh, for – for our results last night because we are trying we do have liability on the Lakers we have tremendous amount of liability on the Lakers for for the championship and and for the Western Conference as well so we were trying to stay on on that side of things where you know we didn't really want to attract any more Laker money I mean that's what you do as a bookmaker you 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 know we know what we're not going to balance these things out but you know no point in losing the games all the way through <laughs> and the series price. Uh, so I was just last night. I was like, I was a little peeved, um, and uh, I was like, oh gosh, you know, this is. I was a little nervous. It was just because it was like I had to go take a walk. <laughs> so, Lakers are up by seven. I'm going, oh here we go. And I came back, and the Nuggets were up by twelve. And I was like, okay, let's, let's see. And then the next thing I know, they're only up by three or something yeah. you know but that's the nba but uh yeah we we adjust those numbers um to favor uh you know uh the nuggets and then try to uh, uh avoid getting more laker money real quick golden knights open tonight at the fortress gonna be wild and crazy they're we're dollar 30 favorite i would imagine uh, there's some dallas money coming in a little bit talk about series price which is right around the same and then uh what do you expect to see in game one tonight yeah, I was actually on, on a Dallas radio station last night, and they were—they're very confident down there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they, they should be. Know, they're a veteran they're team. Three and zero against yeah. us, and yeah. they knocked us out in twenty twenty. And like, okay, it's like, well, I don't think Stone played in any one of those games. Right. Yeah. And I think Eichel missed a game or two uh, in the series as well. And we're playing fantastic, you know, right now. Knock on wood. I mean, we've done this before. We knocked out the Avalanche a couple of years ago. Faced the Canadians. We should handle the Canadians, and we lose in five games. So. Um, we opened this series price at minus 140. It got as high as 155. Now it's dropped all the way down to uh, the Knights favored uh, in the series, minus 125. So, yes, we did get a lot of Stars money. And not only here in Nevada, but across the country. A lot of, a lot of people are, are betting against the Knights. Wow. All right. We'll look forward to game number one tonight. Uh, you going to be there tonight? No, uh, I'm going to uh, Sunday's game. Going to Sunday's game. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Yeah. So, and game five, if, if there should be a game five. Um, unless I can talk my wife into <laughs> working out. You need, the next you need permission? Hour, Is that hour. one of those deals? You need permission? <laughs> yeah. I just might call in sick and not go home. Like, oh, I got to work late. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling instead of going to the game night, he's got a fine meal plan somewhere. Oh. I know this guy, you know. Oh, yeah. It, w- yeah. it won't involve any crab. No, it's just me, Kirkland, vodka, and soda. Yeah. <laughs> he is Jay Cornegay, the vice president of operations here at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. My man, great seeing you back here. And yeah, we, you too. We'll look forward Marco. to uh, seeing you. All right, uh, your tag team partner, John Murray, is going to be joining us next segment. We talk boxing. We got Lomachenko and oh, yeah. Haney. Al Bernstein will join us as well, too. And we'll talk Preakness uh, next hour as well, too, so don't you dare go anywhere. It's a fabulous Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show here at the Superbook. Superbook.